Dead collectors attend no sales. You're listening to Action Figure Blues for the week of Wednesday the 17th of May 2017. I'm Eddie and with me tonight, well, joining me a little bit later, is Adam and Ben. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff and ActionFigureBlues.com. Our toys of the week are the Bandai Tomashi Effect Wind Green version, the Ubisoft South Park Fractured Butthole Cartman figure, and Mattel 6-inch Halo action figures. Guys, welcome back to another episode of Action Figure Blues. Uh, so it is one of those weeks where uh, all of us as a team are scattered forth to the wind, uh, but we have still managed to come together at individual points to provide you guys with some fun toy banter. And just before we get into our main lot of toy banter, though, I do uh, just want to give a shout out uh, to Jason, who has his Kickstarter back up and running. And we have talked to Jason. And if you listen to other action figure podcasts, you've probably seen him uh, pop up around there as well. And that is for his Animal Warriors of the Kingdom series of action figures that he has a Kickstarter up and running for. So it uh, did launch again a couple of days ago. It's uh, almost at halfway uh, of its uh, pledge need at the moment, and uh, there's still 33-ish days to go from the time that you'll uh, be hearing this in your pretty little ears. So uh, if you like, uh, there's sort of that modern era Joe Sculpt uh, scale, and you got some very cool monkey warriors. My favourite one is one that seems a little reminiscent to a certain uh, Cat of Thunder. Uh, definitely jump onto Kickstarters. Uh, if you search Animal Warriors of the Kingdom, it'll be the top result there. And uh, definitely take a look there. And if you have the means, uh, definitely help Jason out there. And uh, it looks like you will be rewarded with some fantastic action figures for doing so. So uh, big shout out to uh, Jason there. I do love He's also got media going with this, so he's got a, a graphic novel there uh, to tell you the backstories of the characters and some cool concepts there of the characters that died following the main protagonist around like a ghost. So, big shout out to uh, Jason there, but from here, let's uh, dive on in and get our toy banter going. Yes. 
Well, welcome back. This is Adam, and tonight I'm talking to you about the Bandai Tamashi Effect Wind Green version. For those that aren't aware, this is a figure art scale green wind spiral. Uh, this is part of a line of effect pieces that Bandai and Tamashi do. So before we get into a lot more detail, let's start with the basics. This was released in 2016. I acquired my version in 2016. It went for the princely sum of $26 US at the time of release. Um, in terms of producer, we've covered this is a Bandai Tamashi piece um, in line with all of their effects parts. So the detail or the point of these is... Um, as I've discussed in a number of the figure arts items, they don't all come with the you know explosions and effects parts that you might like. So we've previously had things like um, the the key charging up effect or, or energy blast effect. We've had um, things like the explosion effects. I think there have been fire effects and water effects. So this is just uh, another in that continuing line. In terms of the packaging, it's a fairly standard, you know, window boxed item. For most of the um, effects parts, they're kind of a very basic box in terms of the, the styling. They're pretty much just plain white. They'll have um, the body kun or um, body chan, depending on whether it's a male or female version of the body on the, the front cover in an artistic cartoon version. They'll have... Um, some more stylized pictures of actually using the the various um, W parts and, and things on the back, showing you some options of what you can do. This has some very nice uh, images that I'll talk about in a tip. Um, there's a window in this case on the front and on the side, so you can see all the parts you get. So you get um, a three-tiered box. The the main tier is the or the top tier is just a, a bit of a case or cover. The middle tier has the main body of the spiral plus the um, the three little parts you need to plug on some of the additions. And the final tray has the additions themselves. Um, there's also, a, I think, a, a bit of a, a wipe for cleaning things down, which is pretty terrific. So, you know, if you're going to play with these things a lot, um, they're likely to get dusty. So it's a, a nice little addition there. As I said on the back, there's some good posing options. So, you know, we've got uh, kind of a, a bit of a demonstration using the different green and purple coloured ones, showing people doing things like sword slashes. We've got um, people rising up through the spiral effect, people using the spiral effect sideways, and um, people using the, the spiral effect as kind of a, um, a blast effect to show kind of uh, an energy separation or a wind separation there. On this one, um, given there is some assembly required, there are also instructions as to how to assemble those things. It's interesting it identifies what all the pieces are in terms of the lettering, which is good because um, once you've taken it out of the box, you won't necessarily know. However, before you take it out of the box, the, uh, the three little uh, attachment parts, they're all... All numbered in their trays so you can work out and put those back correctly. Similarly all the add-ons to the main spiral are also um, lettered in their tray so you can easily pick them out if you need them. Assembling this thing it's not too hard um, although there are a couple places where I was a little concerned that I might snap the, um, the clear add-on struts by pressing too hard. Um, 
so essentially you have the, the main body of the spiral. There are three positions to add your little add-ons. Um, and you just kind of plug the add-on stick in and then plug your add-on onto the other end of it, which is fine. Um, they don't fit quite as well as might be hoped. Um, this may just be that I have uh, some challenges as far as artistic license and, and we'll put it down to that. The other thing, I guess, that goes with this is if you were to take the, um, the little plug-in holes and remove some of the plugins themselves, you could easily elevate this and use those plug-in holes for, for putting the effect part at an angle or up in the sky by using a, uh, a Tamashi Act 4 type stage because the, the plug-in holes are the same size as the plugs used there. So that's really useful and it's good to have a standard size gauge that we can continually mix and match our parts with, um, particularly because this is a, a wind effect, you expect people want to be able to do things like elevate them. Um, in terms of the style of this thing, you know, it's it's kind of, um, it looks windy-ish, so it's got that kind of um, slashy effect. Uh, for those that have seen things, um, I'm trying to think of... So if you look at the the um, key charging up effect part, how it had those two little um, side elements, there was the, the big, you know, kind of back rear effect and there was the two little side elements you put to the sides of it. They kind of look a bit like that, so they're a bit kind of jagged and, and thin-looking-y. Um, and that kind of goes the whole way through. In terms of the colouring, so this has got a a base kind of translucent green and clear effect. I assume what they've done is um, they've kind of got a clear part or a very light green translucence and just painted additional layers of green on there as required. Um, although I can't see exactly how that's done because all these uh, all the spiral parts do clip together and have probably been glued so they may have been applied from the inside in part. Um, but it's a good effect. It'll work well with characters that, that have green kind of wind effects. Um, the purple one, I'm, um, again, you know, that would be a useful one to have if you, if you need a purple colour. For my purposes, this is going in my Ranma 1 half display. It um, fits very well with Ranma's Hiryu Shirt and Ha effect, which has a, a green-ish tinge to it and is a, a wind effect as it is. Um, in terms of you know, other uses, I can see that some of the suggestions on the back of the box would be valid. Um, and I think generally it's a, another useful piece to have in our arsenal for those of us that like to display our figures and get them out there in diorama aspects. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is done pretty well. It's uh, clearly able to be put back in the box for when we're finished with it. Um, and overall, you know, I mean, it's hard to, to rate some of these effect parts sometimes. They're, they're a bit simple for what they are, but in this case, I think this is worth at least a 7 out of 10. Thanks for listening. Coonin friends alert. Coonin friends alert. Alert. Seriously. Our coon friends to base. Alert, you guys. I'm seriously. Well, greetings, valued listener. Ben, a.k.a. Fish Milkshake here, coming at you with another Action Figure Blues Toy of the Week review. And for this episode, I'm taking a look at the South Park Fractured But Whole The Coon figure. Yes, you heard that right. Now, from uh, the guys at Ubisoft. Yes, you know, that famous toy-making company Ubisoft. 
Hmm, that's what I thought too. Okay, so Ubisoft released the South Park Fractured But Whole video game, and in conjunction with that, they released a ton of merchandise, all really good stuff based on the game. Now, Ubisoft, uh, interestingly, all the products are actually branded Ubisoft, but if you look really carefully, there's a, a little logo that says Art Toys, and uh, I haven't done any research on these guys, but it seems that uh, they've partnered with Ubisoft to release these items. So, uh, no other information, nothing about sculpting or anything like that. Now, these are basically vinyl figures, uh, no no articulation to be seen. These are a range of uh, vinyl figures that come in different sizes. Now, the figure I'm actually looking at is in their 3-inch line, so there are actually 6-inch figures available, uh, but this was uh, one of three figures they released in the 3-inch line. So this is Cartman as his famous uh, crime-fighting secret... Um, well, he's, he's uh, yeah, what would you call it? He's uh, Kate Crusader get-up, uh, where he's basically mimicking a vigilante along the same lines as Batman, called the Coon, which is raccoon-themed. Now, Ubisoft released three figures in this line. There's the Coon, there's Mysterion, and there is Professor Chaos. Uh, now, as of... Well, as of this date, I haven't actually seen any more in the line, so I'm not sure whether that's it, uh, whether they only planned on doing the three or maybe sales didn't actually come back uh, with the greater numbers that they needed to go on and do another wave, which is a bit of a shame because um, they're actually you know, pretty fun figures. Now, this figure is a really odd scale. Uh, it's actually not in scale with any of the other South Park action figures that I have. Um, it just seems to fall into its own little category, which is a bit of a shame. I think I'm mainly used to the kid robot blind box figures because I've got those everywhere. Um, but three inches, so about eight and a half centimetres tall. Now, this is a 2017 release and acquisition for me. I just happened to come across this when I was looking at uh, games in one of my local game stores. Uh, I didn't even know it was coming. I knew that they were releasing a special edition of uh, the Fractured But Whole video game where it comes with the, you know, the usual merch merchandise and, and whatnot, uh, and I just happened to notice that he's sitting on the shelf next to it, so that was a, a pretty cool find. Uh, as far as price, you'll pay around $12 to $13 for these guys, and uh, you know if you're only after one of the characters like Mysterion or the Coon, then uh, you can actually buy these single-boxed, but I have actually seen online there are places that are selling the three figures in a single pack uh, for around the same price, so you won't actually save anything buying them uh, as a set, but I guess it just saves you having to look around for them. So uh, pretty cool concept. And, uh, yeah, I actually had have known in advance I probably would have picked up a three-pack. All right, in terms of packaging, uh, pretty simple stuff here. We're looking at uh, a window box, uh, only the single window pane on the front, no uh, fifth panel flap or anything like that, no extra windows on the sides or the top. It's just a pretty straightforward single window box. You pop this guy open at the top. You can't open it from the bottom, and it slides out with uh, a two-piece plastic tray with the little press studs that hold the coon safely in place. It's that really, really flexible plastic that once you get the figure out is all squishy and doesn't hold its shape that well but the good thing is it is actually collector friendly so if you are short on space you can pop this guy right back into the container um, to display much like you would uh, a pop vinyl I guess that's the thing that's what sort of comes to mind it's a bit smaller packaging than a pop vinyl probably about the same dimensions in depth and width but maybe just not quite as high so uh, it's actually quite compact in terms of uh, display space which is actually very cool all right in terms of sculpt great stuff this is really fun this is 
Cartman in full coon getup, so he's got the raccoon mask and obviously the coon outfit with his cape flying. What I do like is it is an action pose, so the cape is flaring out to one side. Uh, he's got his arms positioned in quite a dramatic pose, and if you've seen any of the episodes, you'll know that that's Cartman through and through. Um, I love South Park, always have done, still do, still watch the new episodes, uh, and the coon episodes uh, are among my favourite. Uh, they're really quite funny stuff. Um, I just think they've captured this perfectly. It's it's really, uh, it's just spot on. You can still tell that it's Cartman. Uh, all the elements are there. What's interesting is there are parts of the figure that are definitely cast separate. Um, I noticed both the mask, interestingly, which um, takes up the majority of his face, uh, has actually been cast in uh, a separate piece and then glued into a cavity on the face and uh, the cape as well is a single giant hard piece of plastic so um, there's actually not a lot of soft pieces for a vinyl figure it's not sort of squishy at all I can't sort of push in on his head or anything like that so it's uh, it's quite rigid so that cape is a solid piece that's been glued in as well and uh, the tail as well he's got the coon tail sticking out the back and that's been cast and uh, glued in later on so um, that's actually pretty cool uh, so quite a quite a tough figure now that I actually play with it um, but I really can't sort of complain too much like there's I mean South Park has its charm in the way that it's uh, animated and, and sort of detail is not their thing so you know you've got to compromise a little bit you obviously want a really cool figure but at the same time you can't go into too much detail because then you, you lose that realism in terms of you know reference to the source material but there's some really fun stuff here in terms of uh, the raccoon mask like the furry eyebrows are really well uh, sculpted there's that sort of sense of, of you know hair sculpted in there there's some really nifty things on his utility belt too there's a little cartridges everywhere that are all uh, sculpted quite well uh, even the little uh, I guess you know, studs that hold his cape onto his costume have the little C for the coon sculpted in there so all the details there there's a little sort of ribbon around the back of the mask holding it in place and that actually looks like the material that's been tied as if it's two ends have been sort of pulled behind the head and tied into a knot um, so you know lots of fun stuff the tail looks like a tail it's got the layers in it uh, giving you that sort of depth as well so really no complaints in terms of the sculpt I think they've got all the elements uh, just right in terms of paint, I think this is where the figure is actually let down quite a bit. Uh, I mean, for a, a $12 to $13 collectible, you know, you don't have high expectations, but, um, you know, it's it's... It's what you'd expect. You can see some overspray where they've been airbrushing. So, for example, the head uh, uh, is actually cast in that flesh-coloured plastic and then they've airbrushed uh, the hair and, and elements like the, um, the black part of the mask. The... Uh, straps of the mask that go around the back I can see on mine at the back they haven't quite airbrushed it enough and so you can still see some of the uh, the hair colour coming through underneath which is a bit disappointing. Obviously where it does shine are those parts that are cast so the cape looks really really good in contrast to the rest but there's just that general slop that always goes with this kind of collectible. The uh, yellow and black on the belt is really where it's most obvious. Um, they've cast in uh, black and then painted over with yellow which is never ne <laughs> A particularly good outcome so you can really tell that that yellow has a bit of a uh, a black feel to it because of the the black background that it's trying to go through so eh, you know it could be a lot better but i think where it, it really shows is the coon has his little sort of finger claws like a, a ring that goes on each finger that ends in a claw uh, for some reason his hands have actually been cast in 
the uh, sort of silvery grey of the claws and then they've actually painted the flesh colour on his hands over the silver uh, and this is where the big fail is because they've done quite a poor job uh, and unfortunately because both hands are raised in the air this makes it really really obvious so I think um, if his hands were a bit more discreet you wouldn't have noticed it but uh, this is what you want from the figure you want those dramatic hands up in the air like that so it's really really quite obvious there's uh, the C on his chest for, for the coon is actually done quite well. It even could possibly be, even be a tampo. If it's not, it's done pretty well by hand. And the white on his shirt behind that is painted over the cast black plastic, which, again, is not too bad, but mm, it, it's just a little bit of a letdown. I've also got some silver paint on the cape uh, where they have been applying the, the C uh, for the logo, and they've managed to get it on his cape. So uh, a little you know, attention to detail really hasn't been that good. Uh, the worst part for me is still the, the, the black straps of the mask, the one that goes over the top of his head that actually has the coon ears, uh, is absolutely dreadful. You've got a combination of both the black strap going over the top of the head, you've got the brown hair that meets up with it, and then you've got sort of the grey-coloured raccoon ears, uh, and it's just an absolute mess. There's brown all over the black um, straps, so I'd say they've done the black first, then done the brown. Uh, and managed to sort of uh, yeah get a bit of a, a mess going on there, which is a real shame. So anyway, moving on from the dodgy paint, which, uh, you know, from a distance you're not going to notice that much, but I think it could have been a lot, lot better. Uh, articulation, I was actually going to say zero for articulation because it's a vinyl figure, but I was just playing with him, and as I was chatting, I noticed that his head turns. So he actually has one point of articulation. Um, that uh, was quite a surprise because I thought maybe his hands would turn or something like that, but it's actually his head that turns. And it's actually got a, a decent uh, range of motion. And it, it's a lot of fun, actually, because it actually changes the pose quite a bit, given that his right hand is up in the air in a, a dramatic fashion. So that's actually very cool and a little bonus that I, I hadn't realised when I started the review. So I guess all up, um, look, it's a fun figure. Um, I love... I love the Coon. I love South Park. I think this is a great representation. For the money, it's not too bad. But, um, you know, the more I look at that dodgy paint, the more I'm uh, disappointed. So uh, I'm going to pop this guy on the shelf with the rest of my South Park stuff and enjoy it from afar. So I think I'm going to give this guy 7 out of 10 dollies. All right, stay safe, be cool, catch you next time. They did their damnest, that's for sure. This is all that's left of my platoon. The Covenant are down here in force, and they brought plenty of toys. I wouldn't have given us a snowball's chance until you showed up, Chief. Thank you for that, Ben. And now it is time for my toy of the week. Now, I am very self-aware that uh, there are certain things that I always go to, like uh, Marvel Legends... DC icons, and I really like talking about that stuff. They're some of my favourite lines, but I do get self-conscious sometimes that uh, I don't have variety. And today is a little bit of both. So it's something that uh, I haven't really talked much about, even though I am a big fan, <laughs> but also crosses into a area of toy collecting that... Uh, at least I myself do like, and probably sometimes can turn a little bit of a blind eye to, despite uh, what the rest of the action figure collecting community 
might think. And that's a weird, longer roundabout way of saying that today I will be reviewing the Mattel Halo 6-inch action figures. Uh, I've got three of them. There are a whole bunch out there, and to be quite honest, it's been such a weird, staggered release. I'm not entirely sure what is actually out there and what has just been advertised. Uh, But for those that uh, don't know, because it has been very under the radar, Mattel actually did pick up the Halo license last year. We first saw a Helix Spartan as a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive that's now uh, appears to be out in the retail wild as well. And it was very... nondescript announcement them picking up the Halo license so uh, for those that remember it for many years since Halo 3 has resided with McFarlane Toys in fact it was one of their major lines that kind of kept them afloat when the Spawn line uh, had passed through it (laughs) it did recently get replaced with Walking Dead but that was their primary toy line and it was the line that they were able to keep in spots like Toys R Us and Walmarts. And before that, it was with a lesser-known company, uh, Joyride. Uh, And that's where I started collecting Halo figures, and pretty much everyone did, because they were the first company uh, to pick them up and produce them. And that was really exciting for me, because I was... Uh, at an age I was starting to actually be good at video games and understand uh, video games and how they kind of worked and what made a video game uh, good and fun to play. Plus it was uh, the birth of landing. I'm, I'm still not a great video game person, so uh, I'm sure people out there are laughing at me, but that uh, Halo was the first time I remember going over to a mate's house, and there were like four Xboxes, and they were hooked up throughout the house, and we were playing a huge 16 uh, player death battle in um, Death Gulch, and it was just a really great time to be a teenager when that first Halo came out and everyone was buying Xboxes and just a lot of good memories. Uh, Not only playing the Halo multiplayer, but the actual main campaign was really good and interesting. And I get the feeling from a lot of really hardcore gamers that it is that sort of very medical mainstream game, but you know what, I love Marvel movies, I love that kind of stuff, so it uh, it is me. And I think one of my favourite parts of the Halo universe is that uh, it is one of the most brilliant game protagonists around, which is Master Chief, who has uh, undoubtedly become the Mario uh, to the Xbox system. He's your uh, franchise <laughs> mascot. Uh, it wasn't meant to be Master Chief. It was actually meant to be another character called uh, Blinks the Cat, and I'm sure a lot of people are going, who? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Master Chief has just become so iconic in his green armour that people who have never played a Halo game tend to be able to recognise Master Chief uh, when they see him. But for some of you younger listeners, you might be surprised to know there was a time when a huge video game property didn't mean that you got merchandise based on that game. It was quite rare 
to get figures based on a video game in the 90s and early 2000s. There were some exceptions. Uh, you had McFarlane's Metal Gear Solid line. You had... Uh, there was an ocarina of... Uh, time line with horses. Uh, there was a couple of Toy Biz, Resident Evil, and Marvel vs. Capcoms, but it wasn't hugely present or expected. And I remember when I was playing Halo uh, back in early 2002, <laughs> the thing I really crave most, and if I had a wish list of things I wanted to turn into action figures, number one on that list was Master Chief. Now, Eventually, a company, Joyride, came along, picked up the license, uh, and they actually did some really fantastic work. They were big, <laughs> beefy, chunky uh, figures uh, that were fairly well articulated for the time. They're not so much now, but back then, this was the same year that Marvel Legends were launched, so comparing it to everything else, but uh, these guys were a very... Uh, well articulated and they did a good job of doing slightly realistic but at the same time adhering to the graphics that you'd seen on the screen it's hard to s describe there was like a blocky element to the characters more chunky than blocky they did have a lot of smooth surfaces but uh, they did a really fantastic job and they held on to the license into uh, Halo 2 where they just improved I think one of the big advantages to uh, the Halo license then was that uh, the multiplayer was just different coloured skins on Master Chief, so you could repaint a figure over and over again and no one uh, would complain. But speaking about complaining, that did happen when McFarlane picked up the license and they dropped the scale. The figures got much more detailed, uh, but I remember them being uh, accused of being fairly sort of flimsy and breakable. But one thing McFarlane did step up on the game was articulation. They were articulated action figures, uh, which there was a lot of concern over when McFarlane first got the rights uh, to do Halo figures. It took me a while to warm up to McFarlane having the license. I really didn't start picking up more of those until uh, Halo 4 hit and you had uh, sort of the slight update to Master Chief's armour that I really liked kind of walked the line between uh, the first game and the second game. Uh, but they had a very nice uh, long run uh, with the license for almost 10 years they uh, kept along and they were producing figures so they did very well with it until uh, recently Mattel uh, have grabbed the line. I wonder if it does have part. Uh, Halo found a lot of success being one of the few brands that seemed to work for Megablocks. Uh, and Mattel did acquire Megablocks, so I don't know if there was an easy transfer of licenses using that side of it. But it is a weird time to pick up this license. There's no game in... Uh, Anytime soon in the future. In fact, as I'm recording, this has been a week in news that uh, Halo 6 will uh, not be appearing at uh, E3, the big video game convention, which leads me to believe it's at least two or three years away before we're seeing that. Uh, <laughs> they picked it up last year, uh, which was kind of after the fifth game had come out, so McFarlane had already had two waves of figures 
based on that new game and they'd well and truly missed that key merchandise uh, window for it. And Mattel just wasn't in a good place with action figures at the end of last year. You had Medi-Collector dying down. You had, even though I liked them, this is kind of going back to me turning a slight bit of blind eye (laughs) towards quality, but you had the... Uh, Ghostbuster figures that uh, by all accounts sold well for Mattel but not for retailers Uh, once they actually hit shelves uh, jumping through into a lot of clearance Uh, the DC stuff is in a bit of a weird (laughs) state at the moment Uh, it just seemed like a strange time for Mattel to be launching 6 inch action figures Uh, but they did Uh, it's a very nondescript license they haven't gotten with Halo Classic or anything like that it's just literally uh, Halo uh, which does make them a pain in the butt if you're trying to search for them online or Amazon because there's a million Halo action figures out there (laughs) thanks to McFarlane and Joyride that you have to dig through before you can find these. I was tempted to, when I first heard they were launching, track them down, but uh, it did seem that they were getting released in weird manners, no real fanfare, just turning up lightly in places, but uh, not getting a lot of publicity. Uh, So they were going for not ridiculous amounts of money, but more than you'd probably want to pay for testing out a new line. And then recently here in Australia, they have actually been hitting retail. They've been turning up at Big W's and Toy Worlds. Uh, And not at a horrible price either. So their launch retail price is around $25, but uh, I managed to pick some up on sale for $20. And I was glad of this because it gave me a chance to try them out because one of my big concerns here is they have gone with a bit of a gimmick. And that is the main characters that they're making are the Spartans that have the uh, futuristic armor that if you've seen Master Chief, you know the type of armor that I'm talking about. Generally in the game, a Spartan will keep his armor on. In fact, we really have not seen Master Chief outside of his armor. It's one of the gimmicks. It's that Spider-Man thing. There could kind of be anyone uh, under there, but... They uh, went with the gimmick of having removable armor pieces all over uh, the six-inch body. So you do have a base buck, and then you've got clip-on armor for all of the limbs. Uh, There's a little bit of a butt armor pack that pegs in uh, on their butts. And there is a chest piece of armor that if you've ever experienced the Masters of the Universe classic armor pieces, it's got those tags kind of in the armpit area that pluck off, and it's a very sort of rubbery one. So I was a little concerned about this armor gimmick uh, going in, and I am happy to say it does work much better than I thought it would. So the figures that I picked up, is John 117, uh, more famously known to most people as Master Chief, the main hero of the franchise. And this is him in his Halo 4, Halo 5 uh, style of Mjolnir armor. Uh, The other one of the Spartans that I picked up is Locke. So Locke was a character who was the other playable character in Halo 5, generally the second 
uh, games in the Halo uh, trilogies have an alternate player character, so they can sort of get some storytelling elements done where they don't need Master Chief around, they need someone else. And Locke is an uh, interesting character. He actually appeared in the Halo TV series Nightfall. Uh, he was played by Michael Coltier, who would later go on to be Luke Cage in the Marvel Netflix series. And the likeness of the character is based on uh, Michael Coltier, although on this figure you don't see it because he's got a helmet on. And he's got a Spartan armor that is slightly different to Master Chiefs. Master Chief is a first generation Spartan. Uh, and for those who don't know, I keep saying the word Spartan. Spartans are basically the super soldiers of the Halo universe. For the first generation ones, they were actually uh, basically kidnapped as kids and turned into these incredible soldiers, the best and most successful of which, aka the Captain America, was uh, John, aka Master Chief. Uh, and a lot of them ended up dying uh, in a very famous uh, in-law uh, battle called Reach. Uh, so you might have seen a lot of different uh, marking in that, talking about like the fall of Reach uh, in Halo. It refers to this uh, great um, battle with the Covenant. Uh, and then as the games progressed, they began returning to uh, the Spartan program, but this time instead of kidnapping kids and that whole uh, weird dark side of it, you had uh, normal Marines volunteering for the program. So they, they're they good, but because they haven't gone the augmentation for the armor since childhood, they're kind of not as good. My favorite one of these we don't have a, a Mattel figure for is uh, Buck. And Buck is basically Nathan Fillion. It's voiced by Nathan Fillion, but the uh, <laughs> creators of the game have written it knowing it's mate Nathan Fillion. Uh, but Locke uh, is a member and, in fact, the leader of that team that Buck uh, is a part of and is the main uh, playable character in Halo 5. And these are a group of Spartans who are tasked with the mission to actually hunt down and capture Master Chief. So <laughs> it is. Uh, it was an interesting game uh, present. I do like it, and I did grow to like Locke over the course of the game, but his armour is slightly different being a newer design. It kind of has a weird uh, eagle meets beluga whale <laughs> kind of look to the helmet. It's about as best as I could describe it. But the actual toy gimmick works quite the same on him. He has armor sort of connector pieces like uh, with little Lego joints that plug into his base buck and then he's got a chest piece of armor very reminiscent to the uh, Masters of the Universe classic. Now I mentioned that this actually works better than I thought it would. The pegs do clip into uh, the pieces that they need to for the most part. The only piece that I've had sort of loose and trouble pegging in is the right shoulder on Locke's armour. Apart from that, over the two figures I have had a lot of luck uh, plugging and clicking these in. I was actually really impressed that uh, sometimes when you get this click armor particularly if you're someone who brought like the batman animated series <laughs> bruce wayne to batman figure uh they often leave out the back half of the figure 
these ones, like his shins, actually have two pieces where you clip on the front and then there's a piece that clips on the back and it creates the full 360 piece of armour. And then like his uh, lower arm pieces, you actually remove the hand, slide it over the lower part of the hand and then re-plug in the hand and that's how you get that piece on and it goes all the way around and stays on nice and uh, firm. Now the piece that I don't really like across all the figures is the foot armour. Now that is kind of like a weird booty that you slide over the base buck of the foot and it just it's there okay but it is a little loose and really does feel like they are just wearing this weird piece it doesn't feel like a chunky boot uh that they would be wearing i I probably would have preferred if this was swap out feet or um they just left the armor on the feet uh but as i said it is a bit of a weird premise because generally these armor pieces don't come off them uh you never see them running around in the suit underneath uh and even if they did you only still have the helmeted armor head which i'd imagine if they were running around in the bodysuit underneath uh you'd probably remove the helmet as well so it is it is a weird gimmick i kind of just wish they were articulated figures now from what i can tell the bucks underneath are completely different there is a fair bit of the suits that do stand out on the characters and they do all have (laughs) different designs so it's not even like they're getting the same buck reuse out of uh, doing this so it is a bit of a weird uh, premise that I haven't quite worked out other than they wanted to have a gimmick on the shelf it does make the figures stand out in package so they do come in kind of a collector friendly box it's grey you have the figure inside one half of the figure um, in terms of arms and leg have the armour already attached and the other pieces are spread out in the package as well as the guns and it does give you a little bit of a false sense that you might be getting a ton of accessories uh, in this box when really once you connect them all on you've got one figure with a couple of weapons now i did get two spartans i did also get an elite zealot uh so this is one of the bad guys or allies uh, depending on what level you're playing but he's basically one of the alien baddies uh for those uh not too familiar uh with the series and he has a completely different body shape and design he's kind of like a I always thought of them as kind of like lizard wolf type (laughs) uh, characters. Now, I did have a fair bit of problem with uh, him because his helmet is removable and he's got a bit of an elongated neck and trying to slide the peg of the helmet into the neck uh, was a bit of a pain. It took me quite a few minutes, so I'm probably not going to remove that now that I have uh, it on him. In terms of paint, there's actually some really cool stuff uh, going on him. So he's got a very nice uh, painted face. Uh, He's got this weird uh, skin pattern on his arms and hands, which uh, for those not in the know, the best I could describe it is if you remember the episode one Jar Jar Binks uh, action figure, that sort of print he had running down his arms, it has that here. There is a little bit of glowing washes 
uh, on his electronic pieces. There's some grey talons uh, painted in. But for the most part, it's cast plastic of maroon, black, and his sort of weird, whitely flesh colour. Uh, Master Chief, for the most part, is just a kind of army green. He does have some red highlights on him that you might miss at first because usually they're going to end up moving slightly into joints and he's got them on his thrusters uh, on his back. And of course he's got that uh, lovely gold shield face mask which is just iconic. And then there's also sort of a it's like a cross between green and black uh, for the most of his bodysuit and gloves and pieces there. So not a lot of paint on Master Chief, but generally he doesn't have it uh, too much. I do kind of wish that maybe they had have put in a couple of pieces of uh, different uh, green on him just to help bring out certain parts and... Uh, you know, they, and to be honest, there is some. There is a little bit of uh, metallic green used here, but I do wish it was used slightly more. In particular, he's got a slightly different material on his shoulders that while they're green, they're not quite armour. I wish they had a used a uh, little bit more of that shiny green on those. But uh, he is a character to paint up in a lot of detail because he is pretty much one solid colour uh, throughout and where the paint really excels uh, in terms of the figure is on Locke. So being a more recent uh, design, he's got a lot of uh, sort of glowing Tron-like electric pieces over his bodysuit. Uh, he's got a nice shine to the uh, visor in his helmet. He's got a lot of different blue parts of his armour painted. He had this weird uh, yellow arrow spike uh, on his head and part of me felt <laughs> confident uh, that it was going to be left out by Mattel uh, but it is here, it is included uh, there. So in terms of paint, because he's also got uh, a whole bunch of different grey washes on his bodysuit too, paint-wise uh, Locke actually far and away uh, takes uh, all the attention there. Uh, but their weapons are actually fairly well painted, uh, which I was surprising because weapons is usually the part of a figure that draws uh, the short straw uh, when it comes to paint articulations. Uh, so Master Chief comes with his iconic uh, assault rifle, uh, that sort of rounded edge uh, machine gun, and that has about five different paint applications of greens, greys, uh, sort of a cream uh, stripe, but uh, that's very well done. Uh, now, Locke comes with a Covenant weapon, which I don't quite recognise. I think it's one from five. I generally don't play with the Covenant weapons too much, so I'm less familiar with them, but I think this is kind of the Covenant version uh, of a shotgun, but I could be wrong. Uh, he also comes with his iconic weapon uh, which is the battle rifle. Uh, so <laughs> that's a uh, machine gun that does actually work more like a, an actual rifle compared to the assault rifle which uh, drew a lot of criticism for not really working like a rifle at all. And both Master Chief and the Elite Zealot come with your plasma swords uh, which is a very nice grey handle with some blue lights and then 
a clear plastic, but it does have sort of like an opal wash in it. So you are getting some nice um, refraction of colour as you move it around, which gives it a very cool look. So the weapons are really well done. My only criticism here is that they're just slightly oversized. It's not too noticeable, uh, but every now and then you look at it and you're like, oh, that's slightly too big uh, for that design. In particular, the plasma swords are almost the length of their uh, body, so <laughs> it's a uh, very long sword there. So, yeah, not not quite accurate in, in scale, but uh, it's not horrendous either. In terms of articulation, they are very well articulated. Uh, so you have a nice body rocker in their centre core, ball-jointed head, uh, you've got ball-jointed shoulders, you've got the swivel just below the shoulders, you've got double-jointed uh, elbows, you've got um, both the swivel and cut wrists for, wrists for full motions there, you've got ball joints in... Uh, the hips as well as a swivel uh, just below you've got double jointed knees uh, and you've got uh, articulated ankles with the ankle rocker there so you actually do get a full uh, range of motion on these guys it is fairly similar uh, with the Elite Zealot, except the knees and uh, elbows are just single articulation, uh, but it's not too bad considering <laughs> these guys uh, have a very uh, different genetic uh, makeup to the way that their <laughs> um, body shape is and articulation. Uh, you do get a small bit of hindrance because of the armour pieces that are attached, but it's not uh, bad at all. You can get them into pretty much um, the position you want to for these kind of military guys. Uh, my bit that I was worried about that they can do is you can hold the machine gun and have it resting in uh, the opposite hand for that nice uh, two-handed pose with a gun, which is very iconic Halo and is a shame if a figure uh, cannot do that. Now, sometimes you do need to manoeuvre a little bit and the hand holding the trigger might not be exactly how it would be stationed if he was firing it, but you can get those poses. So at least from a very short distance away, it does look very good. And there is one other thing that does come with these figures, and that is a builder figure, because what modern 6-inch action figure does not have a builder figure these days? Uh, so I haven't completed it yet. I've only got the back half. One good thing that I'll say is, because it always annoys me uh, when you only get a couple and the pieces don't go together, is that it does seem like uh, the whole creature is available in the first wave, which is something Mattel has seemed to have trouble getting their mind around. But uh, it's an alpha crawler from the Prometheus faction, which uh, if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to explain it to you here because it's going to take me a very long time and a lot of spoilers for the games and really isn't that important. Basically, it's a robot dog. Uh, it's a builder figure of a robot dog. So that is uh, very, very cool. Uh, but that pretty much brings me to the end of talking about these guys. 
So that leaves me with the hard task of giving you a rating because as we've gone through and talked, I have been uh, fairly glowing and I think these guys do deserve a uh, bit of glowing. They're not horrendous action figures whatsoever. Unfortunately, though, they're following in the footsteps of a great uh, smaller company, Joyride, and uh, some really nice work by McFarlane Action Figures, who did improve on sort of some of their flimsy breakability pieces uh, as well. And one thing I forgot to mention, uh, speaking of McFarlane, is Hasbro, uh, not Hasbro, uh, Mattel actually outright stole a trick of uh, McFarlane's by having the action figures have pegs that you could. Uh, peg into parts of their body and then they would peg into the weapons so you can have them holding uh, all sorts of weapons uh, on their body as you would see in the game in uh, like multiplayer which was something McFarlane came up with and Mattel have just taken it and used it straight away here but hey it's a function that works as long as you don't lose the little black pegs (laughs) for the weapon which you notoriously do they're sort of uh, lost upon open as they say over at uh, What's On Joe Mine. Um, but yeah, it's um, they are following in these footsteps and it does make it hard because as much as this Master Chief figure I'm holding in my hand is a good figure, it's just not as good as the one we got last year from McFarlane, even though that one was slightly smaller at a same price. Uh, the detail in it is exquisite, so... For these guys, I am going to have to go around the six or seven dollies in terms of them just being uh, six-inch action figures and where that would fall. Like, and that that six is heavily on uh, their good points, like a hundred percent new bucks, uh, great articulation. Uh, the type of thing that if we got in a Marvel Legend, we'd be raving about but part of that with uh, a lot of these marvel legends is characters that we haven't gotten before and characters that we haven't gotten much better versions of before which is unfortunately where these guys do get uh let down a little bit and it's also it's that weird launch of them that they have kind of just come out and dropped and I don't know if this is all I'm going to have, whereas I have an army of uh, McFarlane Spartans uh, sitting there. So I am interested to see what the future of these guys is going to be. I'm probably going to pick up the rest in the set. I uh, only have that uh, Helix Spartan to go and Fred and Kelly, the other teammates of uh, John. And then I've seen figures on the back of packets, but I haven't actually seen physical versions of them released. So I don't know if this is all Mattel's getting. I don't know if they're hitting here in Australia because they've sold off some uh, Chinese uh, warehouse uh, there for them. And that's why we're getting them hit here at, you know, fairly reasonable prices. That That is another part that is good about them is that they're $25 at base retail, whereas a six-inch uh, Marvel Legend at base retail here is going to set you back about 35 So it's $10 less uh, for the figure, which is a huge advantage as well. Uh, One thing I didn't mention that was a disadvantage, though, as well, as easy as they are to find uh, at retail here, there is one that has been extremely hard to come by. So they started hitting a few weeks ago 
but the one I had trouble finding was uh, Master Chief. I only saw him once, and that was the time that I uh, purchased him, which was this week, and uh, why I picked up the other ones this week, and I'm talking about it now on the podcast. Uh, so that is a bit of a trouble, because it does seem that Master Chief is the short-packed uh, figure, unless people are just really snapping him up, and I'm finding all the other figures quite easily. Uh, it seems the shelf is fully stocked. There's no more room to put in another figure, but Master Chief is missing there. So I don't know if uh, he is short-packed uh, or he is just moving that quickly and they're filling up the shelves again. Uh, but that is a bit of concern considering he is the main character <laughs> that uh, he might be the hardest one to come by because it's probably going to mean that those other uh, characters aren't going to move or sell uh, as well. So if you do see a Master Chief and you're considering probably best grabbing him than uh, leaving him be, at least here in Australia from what I am seeing. But um, yeah, they they are a hard one and I am aware that I do generally have a bit of a kind of bias towards Mattel. I don't know why. Uh, there is <laughs> something about uh, their six-inch figures that do uh, ring a little bit of a soft spot for me. So you might pick them up and think, oh, these aren't <laughs> anywhere near as good as a six or a seven dollies. Or you might pick them up and think, you know what? No, he was right. There is a uh, lot of good here for the price and a lot in the packets. So uh, please take my rating with an asterisk here. And that is also uh, going to wrap up this episode of Action Figure Blues. Uh, so thank you again for joining me. And I'll also thank you on behalf of Adam and Ben for always dropping in and listening to us talk a little bit of toy banter. Uh, I can never say enough how grateful I am uh, to you guys who give us this chance to talk. We uh, couldn't be doing it without you here, so big thank you there. If you have any feedback or anything you'd like uh, read out on the show, or if you want to talk about a figure yourself, uh, you can feel free to record an MP3 and send it through to us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you just may hear it read out or played on the show. Uh, so thank you again for joining us, guys. Go out, be safe, have a wonderful week and we'll catch you here next time. And as always, have a good journey. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, the Pop Culture Superstore, Bam Kapow, and Davy Boy's Toys. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.